Welcome back, everybody, to the return of Six String QB. Damn straight. We're back, Mark. <laughs> it's it's been too long. It's on us. It never should have happened yeah. this way, but we're back, and good things are ahead. Good things are ahead, people. Anybody who's stuck with us, we love you. Anybody who's just joining, we also love you, but slightly less. You'll get there. Yeah, you have to earn our respect. That's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But, Mark, we missed a lot of time to talk football. So I'm yeah. saying we go big right now. We just get right into it. What is your biggest takeaway? Let's let's go overreaction. Just cra- go crazy here, Mark. Overreaction Monday on a Tuesday. What What's your biggest takeaway from week one? Okay. Um, I have to go with my boy, uh, Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater. I'm going to say this man is going to have uh, 1,500 passing yards and maybe 30 TDs and a single digit of interceptions. So I don't know what. 1,500? Yeah. He's going to throw for 1,500 yards the entire year? No, maybe more. Like, maybe what, more? <laughs> Mark, like that's, really that's less amount. than 100 yards a game. <laughs> My numbers for QBs are a little rusty. You know, that's what happens when you don't have a podcast for a summer. That's true, but <laughs> 1,500? you got to, like, triple that for it to be anything cool. So what, like 3,000? 3,500? What do you think quarterbacks throw for? I don't know. I'm my mind is blank when it comes to All right, the NFL record is like 5600 or something. So okay, Teddy Bridgewater so in a 17 like, game season throwing for 1500 would be pathetic. <laughs> that would be really bad. Okay. Yeah. So then so then new change stat, I think Teddy B is going to have 4700 passing yards and 35 TDs and six interceptions. Okay, wow. So you so you liked what you saw from T, uh, from Teddy. You think he's going to lock down the job is what I'm hearing here. Yes, he's going to lock it down. He's okay. going to go back to his OG Minnesota days. Where he wasn't even that good, but okay. <laughs> he, was, he, he was good. He was, good a, he was good. I'll, I'll give you that. But I don't think Teddy's ever been a star, and I don't think he ever will be. We've had a lot of Teddy talk on this pod. For anybody coming back, I'm a Panthers fan. Teddy was not a good quarterback for me. It was not a fun time. I didn't like the deal from the start, but Mark just Mark is just in love with this man and wants him to be the franchise quarterback for anyone but the Eagles. Yes, that's how it works. He doesn't need to be on my team, but I'll cheer for him anywhere else. All right, fair enough, fair enough. But for my overreaction Monday on a Tuesday, Mark. Yes. I'm going. The LA Rams are going back to the Super Bowl. Really? That's I like See, this is this is one of those moments where it sucks that we didn't get to talk at all in preseason because this is pretty much a continuation of my take. Ever since they traded for Matt Stafford, I've pretty much thought this. You know, we're both big Matt Stafford guys. He's finally out. Yes. He's actually in a good offense for once. And it just looked good, man. The defense looked... It did look perfect, but, you know, it's one week. We've seen the Rams in the past. Remember the year they went to the Super Bowl? The defense was horrible for like half the year. So we've seen them yeah. just turn it on at random moments. So I'm going Rams to the Super Bowl, baby. Wow. All right. I can't say I agree with you on that one, but I respect it. I mean, there was a lot of bright spots, especially like that deep pass that Matthew Stafford had. Which I one? Like, wow. <laughs> That's the thing. There was, There's there was, multiple there was of them. There was a lot of them. There were multiple yeah. of them. You're right. It was good sight yeah. for him. I I was I have to say I was very impressed by it. Yeah. I was also very impressed by the other side of trade prospect, which was Jared Goff. He didn't yeah. look too shabby. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He was, he was interesting. You know, it was in a bit of a comeback. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that later, though, Mark. Right now, I want to hit on the big one. Monday Night Football, possibly the craziest game I've ever seen. What stuck <laughs> out to you? 
Yeah, no one wanted to win. No, That's a good no point. No one wanted to win the game. I feel like I was playing a game of Madden, but just, I don't know. I just, it's hard to describe. It, one yeah. thing that stuck out to me was just like, I don't know, everything that was happening in a good way. Like Josh Jacobs, he was clearly injured during that game. And yeah. he did not look okay at all. And he was playing through it. And I respect him a lot for that. Because, you know, I have given him some hate previously. I've given him a lot of love previously. Yeah. But Josh Jacobs, I, I think he was the as a bright spot on that Raiders offense. I mean, not like he hasn't been. but He did have he a few nice that. runs. The, the, the interesting thing on that is I've, I've actually come the other way around. I started on super high on Josh Jacobs. And now I'm kind of like, the fact that they signed Kenyon Drake is a, Big worry sign for starters. You don't give that kind of money to a backup if you have faith in Josh Jacobs as a three-down back. And they clearly don't because they never throw him the fucking ball. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not saying he's a bust or anything, but he's, I don't think he's ever going to be the superstar I thought he was going to be originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, uh, From that game? Again, where, where do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, like, God. We'll, we'll get to Peyton and, Peyton and Eli in a second. That's that's definitely a oh, lot to I talk about there. I have a lot there. of thoughts about that. I, I do as well. But let, let, yeah, let's just do let's do the game real quick. Let's just do overtime, okay? Craziest okay. overtime ever. The Raiders get the ball. They're driving down. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Edwards catches the game-winning touchdown. Oh, nope. Knee down at the oh. one. All right, yeah. the Raiders are just going to punch it in. Nope. False start. Back at the six. Okay, they could they could still score a touchdown, right? They're only at the six. Oh nope. Yep, nope. <laughs> interception off the interception? Ravens helmet. Yep. <laughs> Let's do an interception. All right. I guess that's what we're doing now. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, the Ravens got the ball. They're gonna drive down and score. All they need is a field All goal. You need to do. Nope. All you need is a field goal. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Lamar Lamar's fumbles. Like, Oops, sorry. <laughs> God. And. And then, and it's then just they a, get into field goal range, and they're like, you know what? Let me just drop back and throw the ball, and then they get a touchdown. <laughs> well, like, oh. yep. Before that, they they try to kick the field goal, and they get a fucking delay of game because the kicker doesn't run on the field. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so then they they try to run another play, and it's just a jailbreak blitz, and Carr just lofts it up to Zay Jones for pop. Do you think that's the craziest game you've ever seen? Like, it's not the best game because it wasn't good no, football was we were watching, but it was, it was probably the craziest one I've ever seen. It was one of those games where I'm like. What? Oh, okay. What? Oh, all right. <laughs> that was like my whole, Seriously, my whole dude. process around I think I, John Gruden really said it best. He was like, I felt like I died, then woke up, and then died again, and then woke up pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave it to Gruden to nail it, but I honestly, I think that's about perfect. Yeah, jeez. What, what a game. That was one of the craziest things I've seen. And also, there there were some other cool things from that game. Like, Darren Waller was targeted, what, 400 times? And, I mean, he had a good game, yeah, like, but <laughs> he got every target. <laughs> and then did you see what, like, the mouthing? Because there was a whole thing about it uh, on the, the Monday Night Football pod, the telecast that I watched. Uh-huh. Where, uh, they, like, slowed down what Derek Carr was saying, and it was him saying, catch the ball to Darren Waller. Yeah. And, like, all, like, Dan Orlovsky was just going off on him, like, bro. He's double covered and you're only targeting him. Do not yell at him for <laughs> dropping the ball. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say, I feel like there was fault on both parts. Derek Carr stared down Waller the entire game, but Waller, he had he a couple drops. <laughs> yeah, Wall, Waller had a couple <laughs> drops too. Like, it was just an ugly performance, but also respect to them for sticking with it. Like, he's your best player on the offense. Target him even when things aren't going well. He was like two catches on 10 or 12 targets or something at one point, and they still kept feeding him. I, I like that. My only thing, though, is when they were at, at the goal line in the, in the overtime, 
why are you throwing a fade pass to Hunter Renfro, the, the shortest <laughs> wide receiver on your team? Why are you throwing a fade to Hunter Renfro? That is an excellent Come question. Come on, man. Like, that's one of the ones where I often have questions about John Gruden and his coaching. I don't get that one, especially when you have Waller. <laughs> Hell, even Brian Edwards, which that's another thing I want to say. Brian Edwards, one of the most hyped up players for the entire offseason. Ghosts like the first three quarters and then fourth quarter in overtime takes over the game. So all, all of a sudden all, it's there. Yeah, he almost wins it single-handedly, which is another reason to say like, why the fuck were you force-feeding Waller when clearly Brian Edwards can play? I think Derek Carr, he made some nice throws, but it, it wasn't my favorite game from him in that aspect where he needed to spread the ball around more for sure. Yeah. I think now you're going to see a lot of teams just double or triple cover Darren Waller if this is the case. And he'll still get open is the crazy part. And then he'll still get open. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Damn. But also, one last thing, Ravens been absolutely ravaged by injuries. Tyson Williams, the only healthy running back they have anymore. He looked pretty good. Yeah. He looked. It, that was a bright spot. Yeah. That was a bright, I was very surprised at him. He's a UDFA. Yeah. I'm not wrong. He could be this year's James Robertson. He could be. Seriously. No, I... They signed like three different veteran running backs, but <laughs> all the reports are saying it. If you have any pedigree, yeah. you're on the team. <laughs> if you've had a single NFL carry in your career, come to the Ravens. They need you. But mm-hmm. <laughs> the the reports are that it's Tyson's job to lose. Like he could be the lead back, although we did see Latavius Murray get a good healthy uh, split of carries. So I don't know. I think Tyson's going to have a role, but I think once Le'Veon gets activated, I think it's going to be a little bit of a committee. It's going to be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. But okay, Mark. Now we get to the other important part of Monday Night Football. You watched the Peyton Eli bar- broadcast? I watched it for like 10 minutes, but I just couldn't take it anymore. Really? You know, it, I really just genuinely did not like it at all. Okay, I'm what? Sorry. let me ask, what quarter were you watching in? First quarter. I watched like what? the entire first quarter. Um, that, that was Charles Barkley, correct? That was, yes. Yeah, yeah, Charles Barkley. That's where you went wrong. I was thinking the same thing in the first quarter with Charles Barkley. I was like, they're not even talking about the game at all. And then once I got some more NFL guests, they had Kelsey, they had Wilson, they had uh, Ray Lewis. Those were the other guests for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. It, I, I agree with you. There were problems. You know, the fact that there were no game sound and they didn't talk about the game all the time, that bothered me. But there was also some really awesome moments where you got insights you're never going to get. Like, I guess you didn't see it, but at the end of the game, uh, the false start on the Raiders guy, Eli and Peyton are screaming at Derek Carr for using a hard count. That, like that's the kind of insight I love to hear. Like that's Derek Carr's fault. You're at the one. You're at like the one inch line. Why the fuck are you using a hard count? Okay, but like okay, this is what bothered me. It was that they marketed it as a telecast and that they were going to commentate the game. They mm-hmm. did not commentate the game. It was just I, two guys sitting on their couches watching a game, and then well, like being like, "Oh, that's what that's they what said though." Like. That, they said it was like watching the watching the game at at a bar with your friends. That's 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 the way they've advertised it, and I it kind of lived up to that to be honest. Like I agree with you, I would like to see more of a focus on the game, but I was interested in. It. I I watched when I turned it on, which was like halfway through the first quarter, maybe I watched the rest of it on there, and I I honestly enjoyed it more than the Monday Night Football broadcast. See, the one that I liked was I don't know if you can get this one. It might be only ESPN Plus. Was the ESPN um, MegaCast, and it was like Dan Orlovsky and like a bunch of other people. But like mainly Dan Orlovsky and Dan Orlovsky was like, it's actually pretty good. It was actually a pretty good show. And it was just like, that's what I watched from the second quarter on. I didn't watch any of the Monday Night Football broadcasts. Yeah, I, I mean, that, all, that tells you all you need to know about how bad the real Monday Night Football yeah. broadcast is. <laughs> that no one watched it. Yeah, that they had to make three separate shows to decipher <laughs> the same broadcast. 
Yeah, um, if that is an ESPN Plus thing, I do not have ESPN Plus, so I won't be able to verify. But yeah, I yeah, that does was, sound interesting. It was, it was half decent. It was uh, I actually kind of enjoyed that more because like they talked about the game like a lot, but at the same time they were like critiquing it and like they kept on going to Vegas too, which I thought was really cool. Was they kept on going to Vegas and seeing the Vegas odds, and like the Vegas odds would be like changing like every play. And then, like, especially during overtime, it was so fun. They were like, they have a 98% chance for Fina right now. If you bet on if you bet on the Ravens to win this game, you're gonna get so much money. And then like they fumbled the ball and they threw the interception. And he was like, Oh my god, you guys are gonna get your money. And they're like, <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> it was so funny. Because they like I said, they, they, the Vegas odds part was really, really cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I I wish I could try that one out. Maybe I'll try to find a stream for it next time. Because, yeah. yeah, again, Monday Night Football and, is just shit, so we need to find other alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> ESPN knows themselves that Monday Night Football is shit. That's why they created two of the shows. Yeah, and I honestly, I expect the awareness from them because ESPN usually has no idea what's going on. And, I mean, you know of all people how smart Dan Orlovsky is when it comes to football intellect. Why do I personally know of all people? Because everybody knows how, like, every football person knows how smart Dan Orlovsky is. This man's, like, the worst quarterback ever, but, like, when it comes to talking about football and knowing your shit, he's, like, at the top tier of that. That's exactly how I feel about Chris Sims, so I'm going to trust you on that. But I just yeah. like how you, you said, you said it, you of all people, so I was, I thought I, yeah. like, knew the guy personally or something. I would figure as my podcast co-host, you, you of all people would know. Okay. Yeah, you ain't wrong. But all right, Mark. <laughs> Some other things we know. Week one, crazy as always. Absolutely. In fact, if history tells us anything, it's don't care at all about the week one results. So I'm going to start us off hot, Mark. Last year, Jaguars upset week one over the Colts. Nobody expected them to win. They beat the Colts. They're like, oh, damn, maybe the Jaguars are better than we expected. And then, bam, they lose the next 15 games, go 1-15. and 15. So who's the team from this week? They had a better performance than you expected, but you just don't buy it. You don't think they're going anywhere. Jeez. I mean, the obvious answer would have to be, like, the Texans, but yeah, I don't think so. that is the obvious I mean, answer. I think the Texans, like, based on how they performed, I think they might sneak out, like, five or six wins. I think maybe, like, the Broncos. I mean, <laughs> even though, You think like, the I Broncos are that, a fluky one? Yeah, they're a fluky one. Okay. I think, I think that they may have won this game, but at the end of the day, it... At, Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. I just don't think he's a great head coach. And I think that's just going to fall to them. Okay, I, I have a question for you here, Mark. So yes. you like Vic Fangio and his ability to coach a defense. You also think Teddy Bridgewater is going to dominate this year. But the yes. Broncos are also going to suck. So how does this happen? Yes. Just how, how the dice falls, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is well. going to be poor, play, uh, poor time management by Vic Fangio. That that would be epic if he if the, yeah his quarterback balls out his defense balls out and the only reason they lose is because of like shitty coaching decisions that would be impressive. Yes, that's that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, uh, what year Chargers was it where they were the number one offense, number one defense, and they didn't make the playoffs? I forget what year it was, but most Chargers thing ever. Yeah, I think either okay. that or the Bengals, but that's it. Like mine, I see, like the teams that lost, like are are like I feel like. There are a bunch of them that I think it's gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. So mine, uh, for my answer to that question, same division. I'm going the Raiders. Um, really? I don't know. I guess I'm a bit of a Raiders hater, but I feel like don't they do this every year? Remember they beat the Chiefs a couple years ago. Who they beat last year? They oh, they uh, did they beat the Saints or they played the Saints really close? I think they beat the Saints. I but think they, they beat all the Saints, yeah, yeah, right. 
they always start hot this season and then fall out. So I don't expect anything different this year. In fact, I don't. The Ravens aren't even that impressive a win anymore with all the injuries they've had. I don't. Honestly, they're kind of on the fringes of the playoffs to me. Yeah. No. Honestly, I can. I, I see that more than the Broncos. Like personally, I think that. I think the teams that are really going to suck this year have to be the Falcons. I really think the Falcons are going to do really bad this year. I don't have a weird vibe. About I agree. That. Uh, I think the Falcons. I think it's going to be the Jaguars, and it's going to be the uh, Raiders. They're all going to be really Raiders. Good. Worse than the Jets? I think the Jets are going to be pretty good. I mean, I, I like Robert Sella. I like that offense. Okay. I think I, 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 from what I saw week one, I think they're going to be a eh, team, not horrible, but they're going to be like an eh team. Well, that's a let's go to that game, Mark. That's a perfect segue. My Panthers absolutely dominate the first half of that game it looked like it could get ugly and zach wilson was getting murdered behind that o-line our defense turned up we had six sacks and then in the second half it was pretty ugly panthers couldn't move the ball at all it's a little a little alarming but we still hang out for the win i'll say as a panthers fan loved what i saw from the defense liked what i saw from the offense in the first half and then in the second half we just stopped giving christian mccaffrey the ball for some reason because, you know, when, when your guy in the first half is unguardable, has like 90 <laughs> receiving yards, let's not throw him another pass the entire game. That seems like a good plan. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Joe Brady. Yeah. yeah. Future head coach <laughs> Joe Brady, right? Because Future head coach. No, no matter how bad he does, he's going to get a co- head coaching job because that's just the oh, way yeah, the NFL he's, works. He's gone this year. He's gone yeah. after this year. <laughs> Which, <laughs> honestly, if if we don't do any better, I won't be mad, that mad about it, you know? <laughs> like, somebody else can Sorry. take the shot on him. Sorry. God. Ah. Oh. All right. Let's go. Let's... <laughs> it, it was a conflicting week for for me as a Panthers fan. I, I was very impressed by some of the stuff. As a here, here's what I'll say right now. I think the Panthers are either going to be a wild card team or like one game out. What do you think? Okay. Um, I can see that. I don't think you guys are going to win the division. No, no chance. I think you guys are going to finish in second. I think that that's. A... I can Ooh, second's tough. Who, I mean, who are we? Who are we passing? The Bucks or the Saints? I can say better than the Saints. Really? Even after that Week One dominant performance? Yes. Okay. I mean, let's go to that game. You clearly are not as impressed as this, impressed by the Saints I mean, as most people I was were. In, I was impressed, but I don't know. It just something seemed weird about the Packers. Like they something just seemed out of sync for them. So, like, I don't really consider them, like, as much of a target as maybe, I don't know, week 12, week 13 Packers this season. Like, I would agree with that. I would agree with together. that. I see. So, you're not worried about the Packers is what I'm hearing. No, no. I agree with that 100%. I'm not at all worried about the Packers. Aaron Rodgers didn't really play football this offseason. You know, he was too busy hosting Jeopardy. So, it doesn't yeah. surprise me that he needs a week or maybe a few weeks to get back into it. I'm not at all worried about the Packers. I will say, though, I was impressed by the Saints. I was already pretty high on them. I think they still have mm-hmm. pretty much everything from last year, except for the borderline liability quarterback they had. As we talked about, <laughs> Drew Brees at the end of his career was not exactly an asset in a lot of ways. So Jameis, who can now see, I don't know. There's potential there. Lisa Guy surgery, Jameis. Yeah. 2020 Jameis. No, no longer 30-30, 2020 Jameis. 2020. <laughs> that is right. I like that, God. though. Yeah, I think – I mean, I was impressed by Jameis. I got to be honest. I mean, the last time we saw him, he was blind. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. There were a whole lot of interceptions. But there were a whole lot of yards that he passed. So, like, 
there is there's always been potential with Jameis, mm-hmm. and, and but I mean we kind of saw that this this past Sunday. Yeah, and I, I one thing I like from him is as you said in the past he always tried to take the game into his own hands. He had to throw an interception because he had to win the game single handedly. That's the complete opposite of the Jameis we saw this week. He threw for I think 120, 140 yards. That's nothing. He he was just taking whatever the defense gave him. He was just taking advantage of the situation. Five TDs. He just literally did whatever the offense needed, and that's the kind of Jameis who makes his team dangerous. Yeah, it looked like a team that didn't need a slant boy out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did not need slant boy. Although they will get him back in the future, and once they get him they back, will. that wide receiver core goes from sketchy to I don't know. Maybe there's some potential there, and there's not a whole lot of holes on that roster. The Saints are going to be legit this year. I mean, do you think he's in? He's Michael Thomas is going to be on the Saints when he comes back? I think so. Uh, I think we were no. trending that direction. I, th- I think he's going to come <laughs> back. I think he's going to not be a superstar anymore. A lot of the reason he had as much production as he did is because he and Drew Brees, it was just like unspoken communication. I don't think he's going to have that with Jameis. We've also seen Jameis ball out with Marquez Callaway. Like he's, he's clearly going to target everybody. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. But I think Michael Thomas is still a good enough receiver to help this team and potentially make them a legitimate threat. I respect that. I yeah. kind of agree with you right there. Yeah. <coughs> but all right. I think... Uh, so, speaking of Jameis, Mark, I have a few guys written down who I think first year, or not first year, but potential first-time MVPs. The guys who I'm looking at, Jameis is an underdog. I know he had the big week one, but I, he's definitely not a favorite. Kyler, ball down in week one. Matthew yes. Stafford, as we already talked about. Uh, I got one more. Let me check. I think Jameis right now is the number one leading candidate for comeback player of the year. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't give a shit about that award. No, I know you don't, but I always love that award. So I think, okay. I think that, that he's like, you know, he's going to win. Okay, keep us updated on that, Mark. If you ever feel like the tide is changing and Dak has the upper hand or something, let us know, okay? You're the comeback player of the year guy. I kind of forgot about Dak being the competition, but no, I think Jameis. Like, I think it has to be Jameis. I mean, yeah, I think it has to be Jameis right now. Yeah, okay. I like that. The fourth guy I was thinking of, Josh Allen. This year, I'm really feeling like we get a first-time MVP. I don't know about you. That's fair. I can see that. I mean, Josh... I just I wasn't really a fan of how he played though this past Sunday. You know? He didn't play his best, but my biggest takeaway from that game was not Josh Allen. It was the Bills' play calling. You would think last year they didn't run the ball at all. Then this whole offseason they're like, yeah, we're going to get back to balanced football. And they do the complete opposite of that, refuse to run the ball. And it's no question that a good pass defense like the Steelers can shut you down when you're one-dimensional. Like That's just how football works. I need to see way more out of the Bills' offense. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, like, Devin Singletary is not a bad running back. So, like, you can give him the ball. And I'm not saying feed him, but you can give him the ball. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you, why you just abandoned the run. Yeah, one thing that the Bills seem to forget is that when you run the ball a little bit, it makes passing easier. I, <laughs> I <laughs> they, they just seem to ignore that. I don't know, man. I love the talent they have there, but I just got to – like, look, 51 51- – Okay, yeah. 51 passing attempts for Josh Allen to 15 running back rushing attempts. That's it. That's like the worst ratio I've ever seen for a game that was competitive. Yep. Yep. That sounds that sounds about Bill. <laughs> that sounds about Billish. Yeah, sounds about Bills. But <laughs> for a guy, remember, I'm the guy who's been on the Bills. I, I kept saying that they were going to win the Super Bowl this year. And I'm not ready to back down. 
because as as we said earlier, week one means absolutely nothing. But the O line looked bad. the The running game was non existent. The defense was the defense was solid, but you're also playing the Steelers offense, which we don't know what we're going to get out of them. So I got the Bills got a long way to go. I still think there's potential for a Super Bowl team in there, but I'm definitely not confident about it. It seems like, which this takes us to the biggest game of the week, Chiefs-Browns. It seems like the Chiefs still have a lock on the AFC and possibly the whole NFL. Yeah, I mean, you know my love with the Browns. So, like, obviously, I I think that's not the last time we're going to see that competition between the Chiefs and the Browns. I think we're definitely going to see them play again. I think so. Playoffs, 100%. I love the, the Browns. I love I love everything about them. They're always going to be a competent team now. The Browns were a trendy Super Bowl pick. I know they were your team, but mm-hmm. I, I saw a lot of Browns picks for the Super Bowl, and I, I, I can buy into that. Honestly, they seem like a much more complete team than the Bills. They're also a younger, mistake-prone mistake prone team, which is a problem. As we saw, they literally threw that game against the Chiefs away. I mean, that was their game to win 100 times out of 100. You have to pull that out. They were just mistakes. But I think that it's mistakes that they can fix. It's not something like, you know, it's bad. It's like, it, it's mistakes that were like fixable. That's that true. I, that, that's what we need to see from them, though. They have more than enough talent to go far. They just need to clean this shit up. You know, they need to be, mm-hmm. they need to grow up, essentially. By the end of the year, we need to see a more, much more seasoned team, or else the Chiefs are kind of turning into the old Patriots, where it's just like, you have to play your absolute A game to beat them. <laughs> And we're not seeing anybody in the AFC capable of that right now. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Yeah, should be should be interesting though. With the there's some good teams on both sides. That I'm interested to see which another team. 49ers absolutely rock the Lions in the first half, and then almost throw that game away at the end. That was almost yep. like a Falcons <laughs> level collapse. God, but were you? I, I don't know. Did, were you happy with what you saw from the 49ers? You think they're going to be a legit team this year? No, I don't think they'd be a legit team. I think they're going to be like like another, another just eh team. Like I'm talking like four to five wins, maybe maybe six. But it, the 49ers? I, yeah. You think they're going to win four to six games? Yeah, I'm not really confident on them. I think they're going to win double digit games and make the playoffs. Really? I see. There we go. Our first, our first. Uh, what is this? Change in, in pace here. <laughs> Yeah, I we should I probably keep track of these because yes, yeah, I don't okay. Think I, be that good. I'm very confident they win more than six games. With who under center though? Anyone, I could play under center Anyone. and they'd win six games. Really? Okay. See, no, I don't. I don't think they're that good. I think they're maybe like a four to six win team. Wow. And yeah, and that's until Trey Lance comes in. I mean, I like what they're doing, but I don't really like it at the same time. Like. Let there be one solid quarterback. Why are you giving Trey Lance? Like, I'm I'm a Trey Lance fan. Like, so, like, why don't you just give one person the reins? Like, if it's going to be Jimmy G, let Jimmy G play the entire game. Let Trey Lance chill for a year or two. I don't understand why, like, you're going to switch it up in the red zone, have have Trey Lance throw a touchdown pass. And that goes for the Bears, too. Like, just give me one solid quarterback. I've actually kind of been... Change of pace? I've I been interested in that. I don't know. I think it it puts defenses in a lot of binds, you know, because you're you're ready for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You know exactly what to do against him, and then all of a sudden Trey Lance runs out on the field, and you got to remember exactly what you prepared for. You know, obviously you're studying Trey Lance, but when he just runs on the field randomly on third down, you're not ready for that. You know, it can throw teams a bit off, and I I don't know. 
especially with Justin Fields, with his running ability, I think that one's interesting. If they had a better coach than Matt Nagy, I think they could uh, think so they could do something with that. Offense. If they just yeah. didn't have him calling plays on offense, just have him be there. You know, <laughs> we talked I, about I w- this last year. Yeah. The team was good when there when he wasn't calling plays on offense, but yeah. somehow he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go back to calling plays on offense. It was fun. Yeah, we've always said Matt Nagy, the head coach, not bad at all. He's actually a pretty good head coach. Matt Nagy, the play caller, oh, God, please shoot him. <laughs> it's bad. But I was actually pretty happy with what I saw out of the offense. It just looked a little bit better than last year. Uh, a lot of that probably has to do with David Montgomery, who, if you remember from last season, I said I wasn't that high on. You disagreed. So it's looking like you were right. He, he just keeps showing out. It seems like the, the end of last season was not a fluke. I'm excited to watch what he's got. Yeah, he's a, he's a little scat back, but he's more than just a scat back. He's fun. He's just a fun running back. He he's a good running back. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah, he he might make us wrong about this whole Matt Nagy thing. Like Matt Nagy might not get fired if if David Montgomery <laughs> if David Montgomery can run for like 200 yards or something. You know. I agree. It's gonna be fun. I think the Bears are gonna be a pretty fun team, especially when Justin Fields takes over in Week Four. That is my hot take. He's gonna take over in Week Four. Okay. Yeah, I I don't There's disagree no with way. you. <laughs> There's no way that Andy Dalton's making it past. Andy Dalton did not look good in Week One. We I think everyone has known all along. Like if we did this shit during the preseason, we would have said Justin Fields should be the starter. It just yeah. it just feels right. Matt Nagy is desperate to save his job and doesn't want to put a rookie out there. But I don't know. I I just don't agree with it at all. You have to put Justin Fields out there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean. Let's talk about the Bears quarterback room. They have all three quarterbacks are, are starting caliber quarterbacks. Like, I feel bad for Nick Foles. Poor dude. Nick Foles is not a starting caliber quarterback. Yeah. Eh. If it's eh. the playoffs, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. If it's the regular <laughs> season, he is not worth a starting job in the slightest. Eh. But he's not a third string quarterback. He is not a third no, string No, you're right. He should definitely be a backup somewhere. That's true. Yeah, he, he's kind of just stuck decorated. in there. Yeah, yeah probably decorated. the most decorated third-string quarterback ever, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but, yeah, that's enough about the Bears. They're... Yeah, we can only talk so much Bears before, I don't know. Is Matt Nagy going to kill us one of these days? We've been very, neg- very, very <laughs> negative about that guy. He's definitely coming for us. Oh, yeah, he's just going to show up on the podcast one day and be like, the fuck you say to me? Fuck you. <laughs> God. Oh. I am a great head coach. Uh, well, you know, another head coach who kind of needs to prove himself, Mark, your boy, Cliff Kingsbury, he went a long way towards doing that in week one. He did. My boy. I've been sticking through him, through everything, through thick and thin. I love him. I think he did great. I loved everything about the Arizona Cardinals and how they played. It looked really, really good in week one. Chandler Jones was absolutely dominant. Kyler Murray was absolutely dominant. I will say he was dominant as well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Your roster doesn't need to be complete when you have three absolute game changers out there. So, yeah. I'm still a little I'm bit worried and hesitant. I was definitely a little really? bit lower on the Cardinals heading to the season than most. It's just, we've seen too many games where they just shit the bed. Like, they'll have one great game, and then they'll come back and lose to the Lions or the Panthers or somebody like that. That's on Kyler. That's on Cliff. They all need to get better. So, until I see it week to week, I'm going to be, like, cautiously optimistic, I'd say. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, 
don't know. I, I'm pretty high on the Cardinals right now. So I think that the Cardinals could be like a 10-11 playoff team. 10-11 win, 12-win team. They have a little bit of playoffs. See, I, I'm with you. Like I would have been much higher on the Cardinals if they weren't in that division because I'm very high on the Rams. I'm high on the Seahawks. I'm high on the 49ers. The Cardinals are just kind of the odd man out there. You can't you can't really have a good record if you lose a lot of your division games. Yeah. That's fair. but we'll see. So you have the 40 you have the 49ers being the the bad team in that division. Yes. Interesting. And I have the Cardinals. So we'll see how that one plays out. Mhm. I'm I'm excited for that. Another guy who needs credit. Rashawn Rashawn Slater, Chargers rookie, really the entire offensive line. They just absolutely dominated one of the best defenses in football. There you go. You know, <laughs> I mean, the Chargers are a fun team. They're another. I mean, but they were also like I'm Justin Herbert. I really was very surprised by him. Very surprised by him. I was expecting a so? lot more out of him. I was expecting a lot more out of him. You know, everyone said like, "Oh, this could be Justin Herbert's year for an MVP." I wasn't really riding that train, but like I was watching that train. If that makes sense, like I was like, "Oh, I'll keep an eye on that," but I'm not going to jump on it. I'm not going to jump on this hype train. Okay, you were not impressed by what you saw week one. No, I really wasn't. I was expecting a lot more. I was expecting like like Kyler Murray vibes from Justin Herbert. I think that goes back to the fact that Washington is legitimately one of like the three or five best defenses in football. So I really wasn't expecting much from him at all. So I'm going to wait. I think he's still going to have some huge games. Don't worry. He's going to play some bad teams. When he plays the Raiders, he's going to shred them up like he always does. I'm, I'm not worried about him at all. Then I'll, I'll wait until he plays the Raiders, and then I'll, I'll, uh, we'll have the same conversation. And, <laughs> and then and then we jump what? on the train together. Yeah, and then we can jump on the train together. There but as of go. right now, I'm not sold on Justin Herbert being the MVP of this year. I mean, he is a good starting quarterback, but I don't. I still think that there's there's uh, maybe this is either his off year. This is just based on week one, so you know. This, wow. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, maybe it could be a little bit of an off year, but I'll need more time to fully okay. build out my thought. Okay, so you're a little worried. I'm not at all worried about him. We'll see how that one plays out. Yeah, oh, dude, I'm a Herbert guy though. I feel I really feel like he's going to be like maybe not a future MVP, but I I legitimately think he could get there. I think he has. No, potential I think to be he's like, going to be a future MVP. Like I I can see that for him, but maybe it's just not this year. I, I think maybe was anyone really like year. fully expecting it in year two though? Because that feels unrealistic and unfair. Oh, no. I saw it. I, I actually saw it like a good amount at the end of last season where a lot of people were like, oh, this guy is going to be like an MVP caliber quarterback next year. Maybe. Maybe you're right. I, yeah, I, I personally thought like more down the line. I think we both did. Like he'll be there down the line. Expecting that in year yeah. two is just unfair. You know, you're just setting a guy up for failure. Mm-hmm. But okay. One more thing I want to hit on, Mark. Dolphins Patriots pretty much went exactly how I expected, except the Patriots. <laughs> I had them winning, but I knew that game was going to be an absolute slugfest. I agree with you 100. Yeah, I, I, I like I feel both. Bad for Damian Harris, though. <laughs> yeah, that fumble. <laughs> that poor that, fumble. He's going to be in Bill Belichick's doghouse the entire year. Oh yeah, just yeah. like the shortest leash possible, you know. <laughs> oh, I hope poor not. Guy. Though. Man was carrying that game. He had what 23 carries. A hundred some yards, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, because their other guy, the Ramondre Stevenson, the guy who was supposed to push him for carries, fumbled on his first touch. So, not not a great day for the Patriots running back room. <laughs> God. Yeah. I mean, the only bright spot was really James White, who had a solid day. But I mean, 
I wouldn't really trust him. I still, I still think they should, they should trust uh, Damian Harris. Yeah. Give him another chance. Give him another chance. Give him another 20 carries. That was a very important game, I feel like, because I still believe the Bills are going to win the division. I think they're going to be fine after week one. But that those two teams, I think, are both wildcard caliber teams. But since they play each other, like if the Patriots lose both games to the Dolphins, are they still going to be able to make the playoffs? That's tough because that's starting that's with tough, two losses. Yeah. And I, I thought the same exact thing if the Dolphins had lost to the Patriots twice. If they both split, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs too. Like these are very important division games for them because they're both going to be fighting for wild card spots. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a little. It's going to be a, a, a weird year, but it's going to be a fun AFC East because I don't really think there's a real bad team. Uh, uh, Jets. I think the Jets are a bad team. <laughs> I I personally I, don't think they're good. I think they're going to be the worst in the AFC East. Yeah. But that's... I, I mean, I'm expecting that. like four or five wins maybe. I'm not expecting much from the Jets at all. I was I was going to say like a little bit higher. Maybe like six or seven. Maybe. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I, I just... Mean, there's, there's no more of my eight and eight. So like I have to be like... Yeah. Now you have to actually nine, have a seven, spine. Seven and ten. Seven... What is it? Seven and ten? Seven and, and ten. Then, uh, and then uh, eight and nine. Yeah. It just feels 500. wrong. It does. <laughs> you know what else feels like, wrong? What? The the New Jersey rule, I fucking hate it. We said we were going to hate it and it's exactly as bad as we expected, man. What did what did you think Which about one? that? The New Jersey rule where everybody can wear whatever jersey number they want? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were talking about like the the other thing, the helmet rule, where like you can now wear any color helmet you want. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm talking about the, the jersey, jersey number switch. Yeah, no, I don't like that. I told you I don't like it. It's I, like, it leave it in college. It's leave horrible, it college. man. Maybe we just sound old, but I'm I'm a, I'm a person who's very good at identifying players just by their number. And now, I, like, Robert Woods is yeah. wearing number two? Where the fuck did that come from? How am I supposed to keep track of all this shit? I was like, who the fuck is this dude they're throwing to? <laughs> yep. I Luckily, there's only, like, one person on offense for the Eagles that changed their, their that had a single digit number, and that's uh, Devonte Smith. So I'm like, mm. all right, that, that's okay. Yeah, but, I'm fine. Like, I would have preferred if just rookies could do it. You know, like if you come into the yeah. league with a new number, I'm cool with that. It's just all the veterans switching in one year was painful. Yeah, like they, I also like feel bad for those people that bought their jerseys and they're like, oh, yeah, fuck, now I gotta, <laughs> now I gotta buy another one because <laughs> now but, this number is all fucked up. One thing I found hilarious with it is the Panthers, two of their linebackers switched jersey numbers like three hours before kickoff. Which, really? Yeah. <laughs> they switched to number seven awesome. and number four. So, <laughs> I mean, Zach Wilson probably was confused out of his mind with two running or two <laughs> linebackers. He probably couldn't tell who the mic was because he didn't know who these players are in their jerseys. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I don't. There was a, who's number nine on the Cowboys? Is it Jalen Smith? Uh, I is that is that Parsons? Think, is that Jalen Smith? Might be Jalen Smith. So. Parsons might be like eleven or something. No, Parsons is eleven. I know that. Yeah. Okay. Like, then it's probably Jalen Smith. Like every time I look at that, I'm like, oh, like that used to be Tony Romo's number. That's a quarterback's <laughs> number, and now it's now it's a dude rushing the quarterback. Now it's, yeah. it's Jalen Smith. I'm gonna assume it's still Jalen Smith. Like, come on. I, yeah, I don't really like. It. I don't love I mean, it either. That, that one team that has all their cornerbacks are one, two, three, and four. I mean, that's cool. But like, oh, which team is that? Because I know the Bucks. Their entire secondary change numbers too. I don't, there was there, I, don't, I remember seeing it on, on NFL's Instagram, but there was one team that that changed all the cornerbacks' numbers are one, two, three, and four. Interesting. Like, oh, that's cool, but like, I don't like it still. 
All right, I got one more thing from this week. Kind of from this week. It was a very, very recent tweet. I'm not even sure that you've seen it. You saw this really ominous tweet from Adam Schefter. An announcement will be made during halftime of Thursday yes! night's Giants-Washington football team game that will involve the future of the Hard Knocks series. So yeah, are they canceling Hard Knocks? Is Hard Knocks turning into like all or nothing? Where is it going to follow the season? What is... No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think they would... Because they already have all or... All or nothing still happens, right? No? Does uh, it? They ca- they canceled it last... I was looking this up like a couple of days ago, actually, because I was like, what the hell happened to all or nothing? They canceled it last season for COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. that's okay. But they didn't say if they're making a season, a new season this year. You know, you know what that announcement could be? Maybe they're getting rid of all or nothing, and they're going to do a hard knocks before the season and a second hard knocks during the season. During the season, I will be Maybe. all for that. I, I mean, I, I love. I'm never going to complain about more football. Yeah. yeah, I love those type of shows, like Hard Knocks, All or Nothing. Like the inside, the, the fucking team is awesome. Yeah. I think Although, so cool. would you agree or disagree? This year's all or not, or this year's hard knocks was not the greatest. It was not that good. It was. I mean, I mean, me and you, me and you talked about this. They focused more on players that were already on the team rather than players yeah. that weren't. They were on the bubble. Yeah, I mean, and even they had Jaquan Hardy, and I love yeah. that story. Like Rex, you Bex like Jaquan? Yeah, yeah Specs. Like yeah, I did like that too. Although he just, yeah, I don't know Azur Kamara. Like they didn't really get too much into his story other than the fact that he's from the Ivory Coast. You know, yeah. I mean, and I like, like, I like. I thought that was cool though when he when he got the phone call for being on the team. Like I like that. Yeah. Like he was really one that was deserving to be on the team. Like, and yeah. I think we all knew that as viewers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then Isaac Alarcon, that was yeah. that was an interesting one as the international player, but yeah, the first episode was almost entirely Zach and or Dak and Zeke. Dak and Zeke, yeah. <laughs> Zach and Deke, and just, but <laughs> Zach yeah. and Cody. Zach and Cody. Yeah, there it was really just Dak. Like, yeah, I had I had two surgeries, and you guys didn't even know about the second one. Ha, huh, gotcha. Look at my scars. That's yeah, kind of what I felt like it was. I no, I agree with that, but also the opening game of the season Dak Prescott he didn't look like he has a baseball injury he, did he no he did not he didn't look yeah. like he had a baseball injury he didn't even look like if I said that he looked like he had an ankle injury he was running around he yeah. did not care about getting hit and I'm like okay I respect that he did not he look like, like a guy coming off a season ending injury yeah or it's a guy coming off of having your bone outside of your body and then having surgery to put that bone back inside your body yeah yeah, that's a good point. It was more than just a season-ending injury. It was a pretty bad one. <laughs> it was a pretty brutal one. Yeah, God. I'm happy he's good, though. Dak's a fun quarterback. I've never really gotten all the Dak hate. Like, anybody who says he's not even, like, an average starting quarterback, you're just an idiot. You just hate the Cowboys. I, I don't understand how you can come to that conclusion. He's always been a good quarterback, and I'm excited that I'm he's a, back. I'm an Eagles fan, and I'm saying that. Like, he, See, Dak that's what we need more of, man. Like everybody just fucking hates the Cowboys. You you of all people have the best reason to hate the Cowboys, but you can at least be a little bit yes. impartial. Yeah, and like no, I under I can recognize game recognizes game. Like I know Dak is a good quarterback. Yeah. Like I would love to have Dak on my team. Exactly. Like I had to go against Drew Brees uh, twice a year, and it was painful. I fucking hate that guy. I hate him with a burning passion. <laughs> but that's because he's a good quarterback. That's why I hate him. You know, you're supposed to hate. Uh, you're supposed to hate Dak when he beats you. You're not supposed to just say he's shit. You know, <laughs> have no backing information. <laughs> yeah, why does he suck? Because uh, I, Cause I don't know. Because he's, he's on, on the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, like he has a great winning record. He has great stats. Like literally everything that all the casual fans usually point to to say that you're good. But in this case, like, nah, Dak sucks. Nah, Dak sucks. Yeah. See, I have backing to say that Mike McCarthy sucks. Like, I don't mind. Like, I don't mind Dak, but I hate Mike McCarthy. 
That's a valid a one. Head coach. Just, I can go on for hours about why I hate Mike McCarthy because I did it to my brother. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I would agree with that. Mike McCarthy's a hundred percent on the hot seat. But no, I he, think he rides the coattails of a good quarterback. He I, did it with I mean, you're not he wrong. He did it with all. Aaron Rodgers, and he's doing it with Dak right now. He's not a good head coach. He just kind of rides a really good quarterback. And yeah, I'll, that's my end of my short argument. I can go on, but that's it. Which honestly, that wouldn't surprise me at all if that's the reason that Mike McCarthy took the Cowboys job. He's like, you know, I kind of coasted off of Aaron Rodgers for a while. Maybe I can do the same with Dak. You know, it's not a bad strategy. That's all he needs to do, and he just brings over. Like, do you know how many, how, how, like how many previous coaches are on his team? Like, he has Joe Philbin. He has like Joe, like everybody that has a pedigree is on the Cowboys. He has Ben McAdoo. He has uh, George Edwards, the old DC of the Vikings. He has. Because um, I was watching it on Hard Knocks, I'm like, Holy well, he's shit, Dan Quinn. A lot of, like, yeah, Dan Quinn. Like, he has a lot of like coaches. Uh, like, you don't even see that like, made that comment like, oh, what if all the failed head coaches were on one team? The Cowboys <laughs> are kind of that team. <laughs> I I like that strategy though. You can never have too many yeah. smart NFL coaches because if you were ever a head coach, there was a reason for it. You did something well enough to be promoted to head coach. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I, he has a good backing behind him, and Kellen Moore is going to be a future head coach. I like him a lot. I agree. I think he'll get there. Honestly, I feel like he should get the hype that Joe Brady does, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very good topic, and I agree with you 100%. Yeah. But, you know, the whole Joe Brady narrative we both think is kind of stupid, Mark. Do you do you have anything else you think is stupid, Mark? Any, any people? Ooh. Yeah, I actually kind of do. Um... It goes out, you know, referencing my Eagles, uh, the good old offensive lineman whose name is Mayfield. Where's my, where's my, I had to wear it real quick. Here it is. No, wait. Where the fuck is it? Hold up. I just had it and I lost it. Oh, here it is. Yes, Jalen Mayfield. He tweeted out in 2020, on uh, April 28th of 2021, if you don't want your quarterback to get hit, take me. It's simple as that. And then he proceeds to absolutely get slaughtered by <laughs> and get multiple hits on Matt Ryan. Oh, wait, this was the Falcons lineman? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, when did he tweet that, sorry? He tweeted that on April April 28th, so it was right before the draft. Oh, so he's a rookie? Wow. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's, yeah. I respect the confidence. To get hit? Take me. It's simple as that. And then Sunday happens. Which... Another interesting tweet we could talk about. You saw what uh what Taylor Lewan said after getting embarrassed by Chandler Jones? No, and what do you say? Taylor Lewan, he deleted the tweet, but I found it. I got my ass kicked today. No way around that. I let the team and the fans down. Thank you, Chandler Jones, for exposing me. It will only force me to get better. What do you think about that? Immediately after wow. allowing five sacks. I'm talking like maybe an hour or two after the game, he tweets that. What do you think? Wow. I mean... I low-key respect it, you know? Like, he recognizes he, he did a shit job, and he's coming out and saying, I fucked up. I'm going to learn from this. Thank you. Moving on to next week. I, I agree. I really like that, you know, take accountability. <laughs> and I saw a lot of people yeah. being like, oh, what a bitch move. I, I don't know. That's not a bitch move. That's not like, a bitch move yeah. at all. You already made the mistake. You're, you've historically been a pretty damn good tackle. So I have no problem with you saying, I fucked up. Let me make it better, you know? Exactly. I like that. Exactly. But Ben, 
I think we're missing something here. What? 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 We didn't talk about my boy Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. See, Eagles. see, I know, I know how excited Mark is about his Eagles. So I always try to like, you know, keep. It's like a carrot on a stick. I got to keep it in front of him. But this time, I totally yeah. forgot to give him the carrot. So, all right, what did you think of Jalen Hurts, Mark? Okay, Jalen Hurts. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Nick Sirianni impressed me. Jalen Hurts impressed me. Devontae Smith impressed me. It was a great. It was a great game. It was. We looked like a complete team. We looked like a fun team, and that's something that I haven't seen since 2017. But I'm not saying that we're going to do as successful as 2017. But I think we're just going to be as fun as that. And I think we're we're an underestimated team that's going to come around, and it's going to be it's going to be a fun team to watch. So are you finally on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon after all the shit you talked about him last year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not going to let you forget that. No, 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 no. I, I am. I'm not taking all of my money to the bank, but I'm taking like a lot of my money to the bank for Jalen Hurts. As I said last year, man, I saw some legit stuff from him, and I think he has potential to be. I don't know that he's ever going to be a superstar, but I think he could be no. a solid starting quarterback, and that's as about as much as you can ask for in the NFL. So I think exactly. you guys found a good one. I do. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I like Nick Sirianni. I like the play call that we had. It was a very fun. It was a fun offense. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. You're not going to be as good as the old Eagles team, but you did look like you were having a lot more fun than the recent teams. Yeah, and then our defense, yeah, eh, there was a little holes there. Like, our I mean, run, you like allowed Mike six Davis. points to the Falcons, right? It's not bad. Yeah, but I mean, Mike Davis was just running over us, and that yeah. was just getting annoying. That yeah, was that really annoying. That one looked bad for the Falcons more than anything. They're they they got to get shit together real fast, or it could be a rough season. But yeah, I'm impressed. I'm excited for week two against the 49ers. And yeah, that's 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 my take on everything. I'm very happy. Devontae Smith looked fucking awesome. Just what I expected. And yeah, that's everything. Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins. My favorite. I thought it was Quez. It's a little it's... bit of both, you know? Some <laughs> people say Quez. Some people well, say Quez. What does Quez. he say? What do the announcers call him? The announcers say Quez, but I'm pretty sure I've heard him say Quez before. Really? Interesting. I'm pretty sure. Another situation to monitor there. How do you actually say this guy's name? Because he's a guy I was taking note of. Like he He's on my fantasy football sleeper watch list. Because in the preseason, they were feeding him the ball, and he was explosive as hell. He's a guy to watch. He's so fast. Him yeah. and Jalen Rieger are very fast, and I think that's so yeah. fun to watch. And Jalen Rieger can catch now. Yay. And, and Jalen Rieger can catch now. <laughs> I love the little screen pass to do Jalen Rieger while Jalen Rieger was getting tackled. That's the, one, that's the one thing that's living in my mind right now is... Jalen Hurts was literally getting, I don't know if you saw that play, but he was getting tackled. And then Jalen Hurts kind of just like tosses the ball to Jalen Rager. And Jalen Rager just just like jukes and a spin move and everything just runs into the end zone. There you go. Yeah, you guys are going to be a fun team to watch. Fun team to watch. But that's what I'm describing is we're a fun team. Now back to a more sour note. I got to do my people are stupid. And this one was just, (laughs) it was just one of those those weird, ugly ones. We kind of saw it last year with CD Deuce where he got punched. Ronnie Harrison shoving the Browns coach, like going for the neck. Suppose yeah, I didn't I see saw that. Yeah, I so supposedly that. the Browns coach shoved him first, but still, yeah. you're a player. You have to know if you put your hands on a coach, you're going to get ejected from the game. Like that's on you. I know the coach shoved you first, but you got to keep a level head. That legitimately hurt the Browns. I'm not saying they would have won the game if he stayed in. If he stayed in, but you're you're making a stupid decision. You're making a selfish decision, and you're hurting your team. Yeah, I agree. It, I saw the play on Twitter and everyone was like, yo, check this out. And I'm like, dude, why did you do that? Like it comes to a point in time where you just think before you do something. And he was just not thinking 
at all before you. Like he literally just felt someone push him and was like, fuck you, I'm gonna push you back. That's what I that's what it literally looked like. Which is like a natural reaction. I understand that. But also you're in the NFL, you gotta know that you can't do stupid things. Just like yeah. you saw what uh Mike Vrabel said on about Julio Jones. Julio Jones got the fifteen yard penalty. You saw that? He, j- he just said, like, you can file that down on the list of stupid shit that hurt the team. Oh, God. Which, I always respect Vrabel and his candidness. Like, this is your brand new superstar acquisition. You're like, you fucking idiot. Don't do anything to disrespect the team. Don't do anything to hurt us. Yeah. I like Vrabel. Vrabel is a, is a character. But yeah. All right. Now, Mark, we're going to hit everybody with a Thursday night football preview. This week, yes. we got the Giants and we got the Washington football team. What are you thinking? I think Tyler Heineke. Or Hank. Taylor. 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 Oh, fuck. Now, dude, you got me. I, I know how to say his name, but you say it wrong. You've said it wrong like <laughs> 10 different ways throughout the duration of this podcast. And now I'm confused. Got, I think it's Heineke. Heineke? I so think it's so. Heineke, so it's like the beer Heineken E. Yeah, sure. I think it's Heineke. Taylor okay. Heineke. Heineke. Fuck. Dude, he was on my team. I know how to... I don't know. (laughs) This is embarrassing for me. He was literally on the Panthers. Yeah, it's Taylor. Taylor is going to kill it. I liked him at the end of last season. In the playoffs, we all saw him. I liked him. I like him a lot. I'm not really sold on the Giants team. And uh, I'm sold on the, the Washington football defense. Yeah, I mean, this game is in Washington. They're only three-point favorites. I don't get that. Like, I know they just lost their starting quarterback. But Taylor Heineke, as you were saying, he's like a legit backup quarterback. He's, he's somebody who can yeah. take over. Not take over a game, but remember we saw him in the playoffs. He played yeah, damn well sure. against the, the Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited for him. I'm happy he's getting a shot. Because remember, we were talking about, like, do you think some team's going to sign him and give him a starting shot somewhere? And clearly that didn't happen. But I'm happy that he's getting a chance to show it. And the, the Giants just did not look good in week one. We saw a bunch of reports that the team wasn't happy with Joe Judge, which, again, that's something we talked about last year. That was always something to worry about. The New England guys who come into a new team and think they can establish the same culture. Doesn't work like that. God. I'm Washington all yeah. the way on this one. Me too. I'm, yeah. I I don't like the Giants. especially all, like There's a lot of Giants fans that go to school here in New York. A lot of mm-hmm. Giants fans out here, they're all like, Oh yeah, like I had a bunch of quotes from me and like, oh yo, the Eagles suck. They're, they're gonna be so bad this year. You're gonna be so trash. And then they're the ones that lost Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the, Washington favored by three and the over under is forty and a half. What are you thinking? Okay. Um Washington wins. But I'm gonna go with the under. You going the under? Uh, yeah. You it's have them covering? Close... Yeah, I think it's going to be covered. Okay. okay. Honestly, like I kind of agree with that. Because 40 points is not a lot, but for these two teams, either exactly. one of them scoring <laughs> more than 20 would be impressive. You know? So, <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, I could totally see, like, 20 to 10, 20 to 13, you know? Which, yeah. Yeah, I'm going Washington as well. I'm going under as well. We're, we're in agreement here. Your, your boys in the NFC East. The Eagles are the only team with a win in the NFC East. That's about to change. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. You got, you got a lot to brag about for right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's okay. It would also make me feel a lot better seeing the Giants go 0-2. Yeah. 
No, that's always a fun one, your division <laughs> rival. If the Saints ever go into, I'm going to be so happy. It's, it's a great feeling. Yeah. Any <laughs> any any bold predictions for this game, Mark, for Thursday Night Football? Any players you think are going to go off or like maybe you think the Giants Chase are going to suck? You think Chase think Young is going to have a big game? probably going to get like two to three sacks. I, mean, I, I, I like that. I'm going to go. It's good enough. I'm going to go along the same lines. The mm-hmm. Washington had a complete disappointment against the Chargers O-line, as we talked about. I think they're going to be angry. I think they're going to come back on a short week, and they're just going to dominate. I'm going to go six-plus sacks for Washington. Wow. All right. Big I game. I'm calling a big game for him. Dig it. Put Dana Jones on his ass. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. How many sacks did right. they have last week? Let's see. Did they have Okay, they got two sacks against the Chargers. So it wasn't completely dominant, but it was still an impressive performance by the Chargers O-line. Let's see how many sacks the the Broncos had on the Giants. Oh, a, a decent amount. Only two. So this is oh, a pretty bold sure. prediction here going for six. Okay. I I got a feeling. Yeah, I think and you know, we're together on this one. If Chase Young gets two sacks, mm-hmm. that's definitely going to help the team get six. So we're we're united on this one. There we go. Right. There you go. There you go. That's exactly what's going to happen on Thursday Night Football. You're yep. welcome. We're from the future. You're welcome. But now... Put your bets in now. Yes. There you go. Send us 10% of all the winnings, you know, usual stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's all the football we got for you guys. We're going to go. It's been a long time, Mark. We have a lot to make up for with this outro. We're going to have to go super-duper French. You ready for it? Oh, I am so ready. All right, Mark. I have a feeling this one's going to be a special all-time French butchering right here. But hit us with it. Oh, 100%. All right. So my phrase for everyone is, Como soa, Rule? Nous sommes de retour les salopes. Oui. Oui. Oui.